Hey guys, Mike here. We've got a great show for you today, but before we get started, I want to tell you about our free blogging guide. This is a comprehensive email course where we give it all away for free. And we don't sell a blogging course. We don't ever plan to sell a blogging course. So if you want to learn about blogging, we're giving you all of the best stuff so you can get started. Or if you've already started, get better results just by going through this email course. We put a lot of work into it, especially Bobby, since he's the pro blogger of the two of us. We think you're really going to like it. You can grab it for free by going to laptopempires.com slash blogging dash guide. So Check it out. Let us know what you think, and let's get on with the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. I'm here with Bobby. As usual, we're going to be talking today about consistency and content creation, like how do you build this consistency? And I I just have this feeling that a lot of you are on the other end probably struggle with this because I think a lot of people do. And uh, we're talking about it because you know what I'm I'm struggling with this right now, right? Like if you <laughs> if you go look at the YouTube channel, I think I've produced like a video since the Rona, you know, yeah. since that dude decided to eat a raw bat. Like my consistency with the videos has gone gone. It is just, <laughs> it's not even there. And so I thought this was a good follow up topic after last week talking about you know, things, people struggling to, to do a blog. And I think another, uh, um, what's the word? Like fear is just like, you know, being able to do it, being able to like, am I going to be able to think of enough articles to do this consistently? And so this is what I want to talk about. And uh, I can share some of the things I've struggled with and, or I'm dealing with. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just kind of, you're, you're the pro, you're the content pro here. So hmm. you know, I think you're going to have some good insight. Yeah, I used to struggle with this. This is something early on in the millennial money man days. I, you know, I used to do like two blog posts per week when I first started. It was like two blog posts per week, and then I went to three, and then I really started struggling with that. And then I went back to two for a long time, and now it's at three. Um, but I also have more. Like I've got a writing team now, so we're about to increase it to five. Um, but then you, there's still all the emails and all the different things that you know, in addition to content and all that. So it's, it's a lot different than it used to be, but I definitely have gone through these struggles of content creation. And the biggest times that I struggled, especially when I remember early when I went from three back to two and I just could not figure out what to write about is because I did not do any planning ahead. I didn't have a content calendar. And Mm. once I created a content calendar and I really sat down and made it a goal to get you know, first it was a month ahead and then two months ahead and then three months ahead on the content calendar. I always struggled until I did that. And I think everybody does that And a content calendar is a thing that's like not hard to do, but it's, it's hard to sit down and do it in a, I don't know. It's not fun. I, I don't think that content research is like super fun. It's probably the least fun thing out of blogging for me. Maybe some other people get all excited by like, oh, I'm going to research blog post topics and 
you know, put it in a sauna and all that. But I, I don't think so. I think most people struggle with that. So that's kind of, that's having the content calendar has been a game changer. And I think it's usually a game changer for people. No, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned this because I think you just got straight to the root of like one of the bigger <laughs> problems I've been having, like straight up. Yeah. And, you know, and there's part of it was like with the YouTube channel, like, what's the direction? Like what, if you look at the videos right now, they're kind of all over. The ones that come the easiest to me are just Facebook tutorial videos and they are easy and they are searchable and they do grow traffic, but like they also drive me insane. Just a, a little insight, like the, the, what to do if your ad account gets disabled video, that thing does pretty well, but I get comments on it almost every day and I just don't want to respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mo it's just a, it's not a fun topic i hate i hate talking about it you know and so but i've been you know part of it's been like okay got an idea of what i want to talk about what you know getting a little more focused but now it's like i almost know too much you know right. i know about the research and seo and all of that and so i'm like i don't want to record a video that's not going to have some juice behind it or have some potential to really bring in traffic but I have not made the time to do that research yet. And so I just get in this like stalemate of like, yeah. done. And, and it is, it is crazy right now, you know, with the kids, like it's hard to find, like we're recording right now. I can hear my kid crying outside because he wants to come in to see me. Like he just yelled daddy. So I'm like, I feel, you know, feeling horrible right now, but you know, so there's that, like, it's hard to find the quiet recording time, but, but really like, I think a lot of it is just, I don't have that. I've got a big old list full of ideas. I haven't done the research for them yet. So I think that's interesting. I need to, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, it totally sucks. And it, but it is one of those things that like the way that I approach it and it's a little bit different now because I actually have somebody on the millennial money man team that does a lot of that legwork for me. But for a long time, I, I mean like I couldn't do that for the longest time. I didn't have money to pay people for that. So I would sit down and I would just make it my mission at the beginning of the month like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to rip the bandaid off and I'm just going to freaking do this and fill out an entire month's worth of content on the content calendar. And I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not something I really like doing, but I, I found that it was like, once I did it, it just, it was like, oh man, now I don't really have to think about what I'm going to write about. It's just like, boom, I'm just going to write about this thing. And then you write it. It makes it a lot easier, but there's a couple different ways you can approach it. You can approach it from the standpoint of you sit down and you go, okay, I'm going to make a content calendar. You can approach it from like, I'm going to just figure out things that I can rank on for Google, or I'm just going to write about things that I'm passionate about. Uh, or there, I, I heard a really interesting idea that Larry Ludwig actually told me that his team did at investorjunkie.com before he sold it for millions and millions of dollars. They treated it like a magazine. And so the way that they went about it was they would sit down as a, as a team and they go, hey, what's the topic? What topic do we want to cover this month? And then they'd figure out a topic. Maybe we want to talk about brokerage firms. And then they would cover it like a magazine covers a topic and they would just go in depth. Like every article that month was about brokerage accounts and different ones, how they worked. And it would just fully cover the topic. And I so, yeah, it's really smart. And it, it's, it's like, once you do that, it's easier, I think, to create a month's worth of content around an idea than it is to just create a month's worth of content on random ideas. And right. I, I, I love that idea. And so I think that that's something that I'm actually going to implement with the millennial money man team and, and the LE team, because I think we can pick like for our laptop empires, I think we can pick email marketing. 
and we're, you know, then it's like, let's sit down and let's figure out 12, um, you know, 12 blog posts on email marketing and different ways to cover it. Let's thoroughly mm-hmm. cover this topic. And then as you get further into your journey, especially with blogging, let's say you covered email topics before, but now you have this like base of, you know, you have this base of content that you can pull from and refresh the content to fill out your, your calendar. So now it's like, you don't have to come up with 12 new ideas for a month. If you've covered like every aspect of digital marketing or whatever, you can go, okay, well, we've got, we know we have these posts that are ranking decently page two in SEO or for SEO purposes in Google. And so let's just read, you know, we're going to refresh this one. We're going to refresh this one. We're going to do this. We're going to cover this. We're going to do a lot of refresh posts. And then it, it buys you more time and gets you even further out of the content calendar. So I think yeah. that that's a great way to, to handle it. And I, it's probably one of the reasons that he was so successful with that website and how he got so much great content that really fully covered everything. That's brilliant. I love, you know, one of the things, you know, you and I have talked about, we did some research around courses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, online info products, that kind of stuff, you know, for just one, we enjoy talking about it, but like, Hey, let's start building up some traffic on that for YouTube to get ready for the uh, course launch program. And then, you know, we're doing more now with the agency stuff beyond Facebook side hustle. And so I've been like, okay, we've got that too. And so I had been looking at it. Well, like maybe I can do for a month. I talk about agency stuff. And then for a month, I talk about courses and then back and forth. And I could just kind of do that. And then, you know, you figure if you talk about courses for a month and then change topics, when I come back, I'll be like, okay, what of that worked? Maybe one really worked. Maybe I can riff off that. So that's cool because that was something I was thinking of, but it's not exactly the same thing, but it just kind of put some substance and some, some proof behind <laughs> yeah put some context behind it yeah yeah definitely put yeah. some context and I, and I think the magazine idea just i don't know it just makes sense and i think it makes sense from an seo standpoint because you're thoroughly covering a topic or you're thoroughly covering a, a vertical on your website that you want to go after so if you want to go after a digital marketing vertical but you want to like you know segment it out into different products that you're selling or whatever like you're showing google hey we're an authority on this subject we didn't just write a single thing about you know, single blog post about email marketing, we have a full content vertical on email marketing. And I think you're going to be seen more as an authority on that subject. That's my guess. But you know, that's, that's what Larry did. And I think that that's part of the reason that he was so successful because it, Google is about thoroughly covering topics and answering people's questions on a, on a specific subject. And so I think that, that that helps a lot. One of the other little hacks that I've learned over the years is to try to bring somebody else in to bounce ideas off of them. I'm not saying paying somebody, but like just sitting down and talking to somebody else about content ideas. I can do that with Coral. And uh, like, if she's trying to fill out content calendar stuff for her YouTube channel, like if she does it on her own, you know, she might sit there for like an hour trying to think of different things to, to do videos about. But if she comes in and talks to me, like, we just start talking back and forth and it's like, boom, that's a video idea. Oh, that's a video idea. And it's like, it gets the ideas flowing a lot better. So right. I would have like a buddy, you know, have like a content well, creation buddy. To help. We see this with the podcast, right? Yeah. Like newsflash guys, here's how the podcast works. Bobby and I are like, all right, we're meeting at 8 a.m. And we're going to record the podcast. Let's get some coffee. And we spend 15 minutes trying to figure out what do we want to talk about today? Yeah. And then we talk about it. And then what happens is as we're talking about it, at least for me, there's always a point in the podcast where I mute my microphone and I'm like, and I just like type up like three new ideas 
you know, like this, right? This was one, you know, I had some ideas planned for last episode and you were like, let's talk about this with blogging. Let's talk about these obstacles. And then we're talking about that. And I was like, man, you know what another obstacle is? Maybe it's not an obstacle to start, but it's an obstacle of being successful is consistency. Yeah. Right. And, and so I was like, well, let me, let's talk about this, you know? And so I think you, I think it's a really good point because we have that too. Like you and I, like when we talk about stuff, we have to be careful because it's like ideas start coming and, mm-hmm. and you know, all of a sudden it's like, we're not getting anything done because we've got, you know, we've, we've developed an entirely new business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like we got a new product idea. I, I think that if you're a, like a blogger or just a, any, like a YouTuber or whatever, like find somebody else in space that you kind of know that's at the same level as you and just talk it out with them and be like, Hey, what are some ideas? Or here's what I'm thinking. Can you give me some ideas? I think having a buddy helps quite a bit and you're going to get a lot of content ideas that way. Um, and then the other thing that I, that I want to talk about, because we're talking about consistency, you don't actually have to be ultra consistent to be successful. Like it, it's kind of an interesting, it's like people come to me with this kind of misconception sometimes that like, if I don't post, especially beginner, if I don't have a blog post every Monday at 8am or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8am, am I going to be successful? And you can be, you don't need, I don't know where this rule came from where you have to have like the specific content coming out at this specific time. And I used to preach this rule and I, I don't know where I got it from. I thought it was just like, you know, blogging, I don't know, Bible stuff or whatever. Like I, I thought that that was the right way to go. But I've, I've found like my emails for Millennial Money Man. I try to send them Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I don't all the time. <laughs> you know, I didn't send one on Monday this week, but I, I make sure when I sit down and write an email that it's damn good or I try really hard to make it damn good. And I get, you know, I might skip a week and write one on a Friday, but if it's really, really good and I had a lot of energy on it and, it and I felt really good about it while I was writing it, I will get a ton of responses, a ton of clicks, sales, whatever. Um, because I really, I waited until I had like the right mindset on it. You can't do that all the time with every kind of medium, but I think, and I think email is a little bit more flexible with some of those things, but like you don't have to post consistently with the blog every single day of every single week or whatever to be successful. There's plenty of people that post like once every once in a while, but it's an ultimate guide to something that ranks number one in Google. So there's different right. ways to do it. That's a totally different thing too. When you're creating the mega post, the, the yeah. Bible post on a topic, you know, you, you, you definitely, the quality is more important than the frequency. But I think where the consistency thing comes from is like, if you want to grow as fast as you can, consistency yeah. is important because it is not it is you know you're you're i that is one of those things like with the youtube channel i'm like man every time i don't post it's like slowed things down you know it's one more week before the inflection point you know so <laughs> yeah so I think, that's a good point i think there is like consistency uh i guess there's two different ways to look at it there is consistency in like i'm posting a blog post but then i forget to do it for like a month and a half and then i post another one you never pick up momentum um, but then there's also consistency. Like you don't have to have, you don't have to be a machine with your content. You just have to put it out more often than like once per month. So I do, I do think that there's something to that. And, uh, I have seen a lot of people that ultimately like fail in whatever endeavor they have because they do the, I'm not going to post like, oops, I forgot to post this month. <laughs> like, and it, it is hard to get traction that way. So I do agree with that. But I think, you know, like with the emails, a good example, like Monday, we try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I know sometimes I do Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, (laughs) you know, um, like, you know, last week, I think I did one on 
Friday and then on Sunday and then on Monday. Like, I think it's been weird, you know, like you just, you just do what you can. So, um, no, I think that's a really good point. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I was thinking of this along more along the lines of like, how do you, how do you get that momentum? How do you build that consistency and all of that? Um, but I think now I'm more interested in, you're talking about like the magazine thing and, and just the different, the, the, the calendar and all that. And so I'm actually, I want to dig into that more because I'm looking at it going, okay, I, I do think there's something to that, like having the calendar, having it planned out. It's easier to sit down and, and bang it out. It's easier to get ahead. There's a lot less mental stress too. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, what would you say if somebody's like, okay, I got to sit down and do this, like where to start? Like, so you're trying to create your content calendar. You're trying to go into a new vertical. How do you kind of figure out what what to write about? Like, where do you start? Do you start with the big umbrella thing? Do you focus on some of these smaller topics? Like, like where have you found that there's like, this is a good way to, to approach this? So there's a couple different ways. There's not a, I don't think that there's like a silver bullet answer to this and it's changed a lot. Um, I approach it a lot differently now than I used to, but I also think that I'm better at it now. So what, what I do is I look for opportunities first and I think early on when you're starting blogging, this is more from like an SEO perspective. Like I know some people that listen to this, maybe don't, don't go after SEO, but this is something I've been really focusing on. You should. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's like 60% of all web traffic is through Google. So you're missing an opportunity if you don't go for it. Um, But I look for opportunities first. And so what I did when I was kind of like revamping millennial money man back in 2018, I went, okay, what are some things that I think I can actually compete on and rank for? And at the time I didn't have, and I still don't really have like a, a, a backlink profile that's going to help me compete necessarily against like the very, very top personal finance blogs. Although I do compete well with them on some keywords. Um, but I was like, okay, I can't go after the hardest possible keywords with my content. Like that's not the best use of my time. I'm not going to get any traction there. And so you kind of find the the lower volume ones. And so I use a refs, that's kind of like the, I think the golden standard for keyword research, but I go through and I just start looking at different keywords that are related at the time I was looking for different keywords related to personal finance. And I was like, what is something I can rank on? And I noticed for me that there was a lot of kind of like make money from home keywords that I was like, okay, they're not super high volume, but there's not a lot of competition on them. And I think that my site is strong enough to where I can actually rank on them. So I started just kind of picking some of those, you know, and then I create content on it and you have to wait, like in Google, you have to wait months sometimes to see any traction. Um, so I, I did that. And then I also picked a couple of like lower volume keywords that were uh, like product related, like uh, budgeting app ones, but they're not maybe the most popular budgeting app, but it's like one that's still good and people use, but it's not like I don't know, the top one that has a hundred thousand searches a month on it and find ones that had like 5,000 or less. And so then I create content on that. And then over time, I'd, I'd kind of wait to see like, okay, what is working? What's not? Well, it turned out that I actually had a lot of success on the make, make money side hustle keywords. And so then it was like, okay, we are having success in this. And one of the things that I have always, everybody that's, everybody that's good at getting Google traffic has told me, if you see success, you need to double down on it. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm starting to see success in the make money space. And so I was like, I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to make way more content. I'm going to flesh this vertical out and I'm going to like just go pretty much all in on this and fast forward to now. And now the site ranks, 
I think it's like, I don't know, it's like top four or five results for side hustle. It's like same thing for best side hustle for, you know, best part-time jobs. Like it's starting to do really well in the side hustle space because I, I really went all in on that vertical and I put a lot of supporting content out there. Uh, and so now it's the same thing with, with budgeting apps, like I'm doing the same thing there and it's going to be eventually the same thing with paying off debt. So that's kind of how I do it now. I look for opportunities and then when I see some, some daylight, then I go all in on it um, and, and just really try to flesh it out. And that has worked so far. Um, so that's, that's one way to do it. And then I think another way to do it is to, you know, you also kind of have to build it if you don't have anything. So if I was starting from the very beginning, I would say, okay, if I have a credit card website that has no content, I would just start building the content that I need. So I would just completely flesh out every single credit card, like make it a niche site or a niche site or whatever, and just completely flesh out every single credit card post. So there, right. I don't know. There's a difference between doing it with an established website, like what I was doing where I was trying to shift focus to SEO with an established site. And I had to kind of like test things and figure out what worked versus having like a very specific, if you have a coffee website, like you just have to cover every coffee topic possible in depth. And that's how you're going to have success, I think. So what about like when you're choosing your topics, like let's say that you've, let's say you've got a product or already, you know, like maybe you've already have an established course and you're building a blog because you want to start generating organic traffic instead of just running paid, or maybe you're a coach or consultant or something and you want to show your expertise and bring in leads that way. Would you, do you think it's better to focus on the more intent based stuff that's like directly leading to that sale, even if it's lower volume or focus on stuff that maybe you start to build that audience and bring people in that way when you create that other stuff, it's, it's more discoverable. And I can give a specific example, like for us, like with the YouTube channel, like obviously we have established programs, the number one traffic generating and subscriber generating video on our channel is my guide to using Asana, which is a project mm -hmm. management tool for those of you that don't know. And I created that video because I'm such a huge proponent of Asana. It doesn't have an affiliate program or anything. I just, I, I, it's my favorite tool we use. And so I tell everybody about it and I got tired of people asking me questions about it. So I just created the guide. Like this is the guide for beginners to crush it with this tool and to answer. So when somebody asked me the question, I could send them the link. So based on what you said about like double down, you might go, okay, cool. Let's do more Asana content because I'm already just crushing it. And I have one video on it, but that does not bring people in for the things that we do necessarily. So, right. you know, I have not done that. I've not doubled down on that. So I'm, I'm curious, like somebody's kind of in that situation, like, you know, do you go and you say, okay, we've got a course on Facebook ads. We're just going to keep making stuff in that topic because it's going to bring people in. Or do we go, Hey, we've got some things that are working. Let's like build these up and let it start, get the ball rolling and then go to that stuff. So if, I think if you have an established product, that's what you're asking, right? Like if you have an established product yeah, yeah, or yeah. service or whatever, um, I think the question you should always ask yourself when you're looking at, if you're doing keyword research or if you're looking at an opportunity is like, okay, yeah, I can do it, but should I? Like, I can get these mm. people to come in, but should I get these people? Are they the right people? And it's like you said, like if I'm if I'm selling a course on Facebook ad management, you know, do I need to double down on Asana content just because I can bring those people in? Probably right. not, because you're you're bringing those people in. They're they're so top of funnel as far as like you know <laughs> awareness and conversion. Like 
they're not close to buying a product from you. They're not trying to buy a product from you. So I would say in that instance, you go after the lower volume, high intent keywords. You know, if you are selling, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, but if you're selling a, a course on how to do Amazon FBA, you would want to go after the keywords that people are searching for like best Amazon FBA courses or Let's say you had, you know, like some kind of course review keywords that you can go after where it's like there's an established course and you do a review on it and you send them to, you know, your course as an alternative. There's, I, I say you go after the low volume, high intent because that's where the money is. Um, and then you can build outward from there and go as you get, you know, more backlinks to your site, you build up more content, uh, you start to get more traction in Google. Then you can start to go for those more top of funnel keywords and get people into your sales process. I think that's going to be the faster ROI and the least and the less frustrating ROI from a time standpoint. And and you know that's all stuff like Larry taught me a lot of that stuff. You know because the the can I you know just because I can should I? I mean that's something that I've talked to him about many times. Where it's like you know I think I can I think we can go after these keywords for Ellie. You know and he's like well do you really want those people? And it's like ah, no because they're not going to they're not ultimately going to buy my product right? Like it doesn't make sense to right. to put the effort and resources especially when, you know, for Ellie, we have a writing team, like you're paying for that content. Now it's like, now it's a game of, am I going to get ROI? Or if you're a solo blogger, you're putting time into that content and that's, you know, time is money. So are you getting ROI for your time? And so I think that even though it's lower volume, doesn't always mean that it's a bad thing to go for. It, it can be, you know, if the intent is that they want to buy your product, if they're searching for something, then I think you go for it and you're going to get more results that way. Cool. No, I appreciate it. See, I mean, this is a fun. I love episodes like this because I'm just like, hey, Bobby, answer my questions, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it really at the end of the day, I think the content calendar, it, you know, we talked about some like higher level stuff, you know, when it kind of like SEO stuff. But I think, you know, if you're a new blogger or a, a new marketer and you're just trying to create content, you got to put the work in on the calendar and you got to put the work in to try to get as far ahead on the calendar as possible. Because what always happens, it doesn't matter how far ahead you are. Something will happen and, you know, like a perfect example of this, I was so far ahead on the content calendar for Millennial Money Man and then this coronavirus stuff hit and we, we had to really shift gears and like cover a lot of coronavirus content. And so like we aren't as far ahead on the calendar anymore as we used to be because we had to totally shift gears and create content that was not what we were wanting to create content on originally. But, you know, like the coronavirus stuff happened and there was a lot of personal finance uh, topics that came up because of that, that we felt like we had to cover in real time. So right. it is what it is, you know, but we'll get back to the content calendar and we'll get further ahead on that content again. So something always comes up, whether it's something in your life, you know, if you're just solo writing blog content, you know, maybe you have a kid or, you know, maybe you get injured or something's going to happen. So if you aren't, you know, one, two, three months ahead on your content calendar, and you don't work toward that, you're going to get burned at some point and you're going to get behind. And it's this constant battle that everybody's always fighting until you get it just like so systematized, which happens over time. But if you're newer, I mean, it's just, you got to put in the time to, to get the research done, put it on a con content calendar, get out ahead of it um, and start writing the content ahead of time. And, you know, over the years, you'll get to a point where it's easy, but you'll struggle with it for a long time. And that's okay. It's okay to struggle with it. But I think to, the content calendar will help quite a bit. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I mean, when you said that is like the first thing I was like, duh, you know, like <laughs> I need to do that. <laughs> you know, but you, you say that though, I, dude, I went years without a content calendar and that it is the duh thing, but like, 
there's so much other stuff, especially when you're new to creating content or you have somebody like you have multiple businesses like we do. And a lot of people do a lot of different stuff. Maybe you're doing it as a part-time gig or like whatever. There's always like the content calendar is the thing that slides to the back because it's like the, you feel like the content and actually creating it is more important or, you know, the email sequences of the product. That's what I'm dealing with, right? Like it's like yeah. I've got so many hours in the day because I'm trying to take care of the kids and mm-hmm. Katie's off maternity leaving back to work. And it's like, I'm trying to, I'm looking at the things I have to do in a day and I'm like, well, this thing's going to make me money. Content <laughs> research isn't, you know, but it, it, but it's sacrificing the long term real long-term yeah. payoff for the short-term when the reality of that long-term stuff might actually pay off more, you know? So it's the, it's not the right move, but it's what I've been doing. And I think it's a natural. It, it dude, it happens. And then I, like, I would say if you're listening to this right now and you're like, crap, I'm not ahead. I don't have a content calendar. And, but if you have a piece of content that you're working on because you think you have some kind of deadline that you have to hit, I would scrap that or push that piece of content till next week. And I would take the time you were going to put into that content and put it into a content calendar instead and get ahead. That's a really, that's a really good piece of advice. And the other thing I would say, cause I've noticed this is your content is so much better when you do that planning Yeah, because then it's not rushed and you go, I'm going to talk about this and you put more thought into it and it's just a better piece of content. And I think that comes across even more so if you're in the, in, in video than in writing because in the process of writing you're going to have to do a certain amount of research i know at least for me with videos like i can just sit and talk and but that's not always the best thing so i this is really good i like what you said like just it's better to put the time in just get it done i think it's a great piece of advice so yep we're gonna end it on that note unless you got <laughs> something else i know i think that's a rip the band-aid good. off just do it. all right awesome ladies and gents Go build your content calendar. And if you don't know how to build a content calendar, I'm pretty sure that we have a podcast episode about that somewhere, right? We do, right? Probably, yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. If we don't, well, you know what you could do? You could go check out my Asana video, which is what we use to build our content calendars. There you go. We'll bring that back since that's something that we've used uh, in this. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe wherever you list podcasts and we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.